here on the East Coast. We're talking all things trading deadline with our guy Andy Brickley of Nesson. He joins us on the AT&T hotline. And, Brick, let me be probably the hundredth person to say to you, terrific job uh, on the Rangers call, NBC Sports Network on Sunday. Yeah, it's a different uh, perspective down at ice level. I've done a, a couple of games uh, as the the second man in a two-man broadcast from ice level. I did uh, a game similar on Hockey Day in America a couple of years ago where I was in Montreal, actually, for a Montreal game. And uh, that location, though, was beside the backup goalie in the runway on your way to the locker room on the opposite side of the ice. So at least I was in a good spot for the Ranger game. Well, they're going to bring you back? I mean, I almost felt... I felt like you should downplay because you're kind of embarrassing everybody else. I thought you were bringing so much. <laughs> I was feeling bad for a while, Brick. Well, that's pretty kind, Lou, but uh, it's a unique place. My preference is to be up top, shoulder to shoulder with the guy that's calling play by play. I think there's a lot more fluidity, uh, a lot more body language, a lot more opportunity to really have more of a conversational game. But um, I'm glad we were able to pull it off and people enjoyed it. All right, exciting day. Obviously, the trade deadline's at 3 p.m., and I want to get into. You know, a little bit of how these the Bruins have been playing lately. But first, I want to start with uh, Joe Haggy reporting. Adam Creighton, one of the top scouts who was in on Seidenberg when he was in Florida before they brought him out, has been scouting the Blue Jackets. The last three games or so, their scouts have been watching the Bruins, and a couple names come up. Jack Johnson, who was a, I think he was a third pick overall, and Nikita Nikodin. Do you What can you say about these two players as far as what they could bring? Well, two totally different players, Lou. Uh, Jack Johnson, more of an offensive guy, likes to have the puck, likes to jump into the play, wants to be on every power play opportunity, uh, has some risk to his game. Uh, he is highly skilled. But when the uh, you know U.S. was putting their team together for the Olympics, you know he's not inside the top eight, which tells you maybe his game has gone in the wrong direction. The Keaton may be more the type of player the Bruins were looking at, big body, allow the system to be your friend, do your job. Uh, be a hard, physical, punishing guy in your own zone, make the simple play. Uh, maybe he's more of a fit based on the fact that you don't want to subtract much from your roster in order to go get what you think you need. And I think Nikitin really is probably higher on the want list, even though Jack Johnson's a more talented player. That being said, I'm not sure what the health is of the Columbus Blue Jackets and their defensemen that either guy would be in play, to be honest with you. Were you surprised yesterday, Brick, by the cost of some of the trades that were made? We had heard a first-round pick for Andrew McDonald. He goes for a third this year, a second next year, and a minor league player. Uh, Robodog goes for a fourth-round pick. It seemed like maybe what we heard the price might be for defensemen, even for the Bruins, a little bit lower, at least yesterday on the market. That doesn't surprise me, but I, I think uh, that's usually the way it goes. Uh, very rarely do you see the prices that start high even go higher. I think a little bit more reality sets in, and I think players' actual abilities become a little bit clearer, and I'll put McDonald in that category right off the bat. I know a lot's made about his ice time, but that's ice time on a bad team. I know a lot's made about his shot blocking. Well, I'd rather have a guy that has to puck a little bit more and has to block fewer shots and maybe have a few more assists and have a little bit better plus-minus. All of those things really get my attention more so than the shot blocking, unless he's you know a defensive specialist penalty killer five, six defensemen. Now now that shot blocking really has a little bit more meaning. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that, that Price is really, you know, Roman is a guy coming off a broken leg. You know, he, he's been through the wars. He's a good player. I don't think he's the player he was three, four, five years ago. Not that any player is when they get uh, uh, that kind of been around the league that long. But uh, it's a nice acquisition, Roman. I think he has a chance to help. I think he could be a really good player. But you're rolling the dice a little bit. So that, you know, pot with, you know, first-round picks and multiple players. 
You know, Brick, uh, yesterday was kind of raised my eyebrows. And when you start hearing names like, like Gabrick, who now actually could be dealt to the Kings, and we'll see how that develops. And a guy like Vanek, and you're like, okay, I mean, I, you know, good player. Vanek, he kills the Bruins. But, you know, is that only because maybe a deal gets even bigger and they got to include certain players? Or do you buy into any of that interest? Because I just don't see forward being in need at all. Well, uh, before I address what the Bruins are probably looking at and, and the possibility of them landing a, a big-name forward player, uh, you know, not all the big-name players are going to get moved. Some will move, some won't. That's just the reality of it because uh, you can't. every player can't be in play you know, and go to teams because the dollars and cents don't match up and, and GMs are going to be smart and say, you know, I'm better off making a deal around the draft or in the offseason when I start talking about changing the complexion of the direction of the very core of what we're trying to get done. You don't want to make a deal under duress, under a, under a time limit, so to speak, uh, because that's not the best time to be making deals, unless you're just overwhelmed by a deal and a player that you're infatuated with. As far as what the Brewers are probably leaning on doing, uh, well, I guess let's break it down to three categories. They could do nothing. They could believe in the group that they have, asking prices, I would say, just a little too high for them to go back to, you know, what is being asked for certain players. Uh, second category would probably be a depth deal for a defenseman and even a depth deal for a forward. If you look at their D, you know, Chara, Hamilton, Barkowski, Boychuk, Krug, Miller, and now you don't know what McQuaid's situation is. You obviously don't have Seidenberg. Now you're looking at, even if McQuaid's healthy, your eighth and ninth defenseman are Warsawski and Trotman, and I know you guys probably talked about that earlier in the show, uh, does that give you enough? The Brewers went through nine defensemen last year. The Chicago Blackhawks really only played six. I think their seventh defenseman played one, so they stayed healthier. But the Brewers went through 9D, and the guy that played the least was uh, Wade Redman. I think he played somewhere around five games. So uh, you need as many defensemen, healthy defensemen, experienced defensemen, versatile defensemen, and the right attitude defensemen if you think you're going to have a long playoff run. So I think that is a definite must for the Bruins. And I still think they need to deal for a, a, a similar type forward. Right now, as constituted and healthy, you got to like the Bruins' four lines. Uh, they got that depth of balance. You know, their top six are really effective. The third line seems to have some chemistry. The fourth line's been real good lately. They know what it takes to win in the postseason. But your first guys up off the bench, if guys are going down, are who? Karan and Spooner, I would guess. And is that deep enough? You know, you look at Yarga last year. Not a goal in the playoffs. Say one goal in the playoffs. And those guys are inside your top nine. So if you are able to go out and get a veteran forward, somebody that's versatile, somebody that you can move around, uh, if Riley Smith and his first experience in the postseason isn't going his way, maybe you can move him around a little bit, maybe get Erickson inside the top six. Uh, I mean, there are options and matchups that you're looking for when you get into the postseason. And if you have veteran guys that have been there and know what the playoffs is all about, and it's a low-cost item, I think that's more in line with what the Bruins are going to do. And then the last quarter category is what everybody gets all excited about on, on, uh, on deadline uh, trading day is that significant, impactful deal. And will the Bruins be involved in that? And again, I go back to my belief is that is that is more of a deal that they would make after an evaluation of another playoff, and that would be more likely done in the offseason. We're talking Andy Brickley of Nesson. I'll follow up because I agree with you completely, Brick, about defensive depth and what they have to do uh, between now and 3 o'clock. There, there's, there's four names, I guess, that are the common names we mentioned today. Uh, Mazeros in Philly, Talender up there in Buffalo, Chris Phillips in uh, Ottawa, Nick Schultz of Edmonton. Of those four, you've seen all these guys play. Is there, does one stand out to you? Is I, I look at that group of four and say, 
that guy's the best fit for what this team needs defensively? I don't think anybody uh, is head and shoulders over the other three. If you're going to narrow it down to those four guys, I'm leading towards a guy like Chris Phillips. Uh, my my belief is, and when you watch him play, as long as he still has the foot speed to compete against a fast forecheck, uh, because he's a smart enough guy, he was a first overall pick, he's got over 100 games experience in the postseason, uh, I think he has the hockey IQ and the willingness to know what his role is and fit within the system, and then the familiarity with the people that were in Ottawa that are now you know, involved with the Boston Bruins, whether playing or in management and coaching. So... All that being said, he would probably be the guy I would lean to if I was narrowed down to those four defensemen. You know, Brick, now you have, what, a few games out of the Olympic break. Are you starting to see this team kind of get back to that grit, get back to the way they, they're accustomed to playing, or was it just a, a Florida Panther team you didn't think was very good? What I liked was, uh, you know, late in the first period against the Rangers when, uh, again, when was going to the front of the net, a shot came from the point, he got cross-checked from behind by Stahl, and that, that got under his skin, and all of a sudden, he's installed stays. That seemed to get Lucic a little bit more engaged. Next thing you know, Lucic is in on the forecheck, taking a couple of Rangers down. That allows Gillen to get to the front of that. That was really kind of the turning point for that game. Uh, not that it was a clean next two periods by Boston. They still had their share of turnovers. Um, and a 6-3 win, maybe not a 6-3 win, without Tuka being awesome in that first, you know, I dropped, uh, you know, the first 15 minutes. I mean, he had to be, uh, you know, the game changer. That being said, pass forward to the Florida game. First period is pretty good. They created turnovers, but Florida handed them the puck a number of times. Second period, not so good. Uh, when it was winning time, they get a late goal in the second period, and the third period again, a far better team. But uh, no, they're not back to where they want to be. Uh, they need to really. Washington will be a better test. Looking forward to tomorrow's game. They lost to them 4-2. Their penalty killing wasn't good in one of those first two games coming out of the break. And I think Thursday's game tomorrow will be a better indication of where this team is at and uh, and uh, what they're willing to do to get to back to be back where they are. And the trade deadline will be in the rearview mirror. And, and Brick, when you look at the, not last night specifically, but there was a stretch there that you think it was capped off by the early Rangers goal, where the Bruins had had given up three breakaway goals in three periods, you know, from Saturday into Sunday. Did you f- see any sort of common thread in those breakdowns defensively for the Bruins? Yeah, it's turnovers in bad areas, whether it's by a forward or a defenseman up the ice. But in most cases, it's a forward thinking he has a play, you know, five feet outside the blue line, five feet inside. And then if you combine that with, uh, you know, with a looseness in terms of positioning in the neutral zone, uh, then you're going to give up, you know, breakaway opportunities, and and that was the combination that seems to be the common thread. Sometimes it's just, you know, it's just that neutral zone uh, lack of understanding what you're trying to do as a five-man group, even when you pulled back, and and the Bruins were giving up long passes to the Rangers consistently in that first period. The, the minute they start to tighten up, do the job, and angle, get good body position, stick position, something we talk a lot about on the broadcast. Something the coaching staff just hammers home day in and day out with their team because when they play that way, they're so tough to beat and, and tough to penetrate. Uh, but it was too loose, and I guess that comes with, you know, two and a half weeks off for the majority of the guys and the fact that your team has not been together and you have five guys coming back that are, uh, you know, they're spent a little bit, and even though some play better than others as a group, you know, your team is uh, a little disjointed, and it's going to take four or five games. I was hoping it was going to take one or two, uh, but the Bruins have showed us that they're still in search of their game but 
uh, the comeback win against the Rangers was big, and then they handled a fire inferior team last night against Florida. Uh, Brick, my last question for you. Uh, when Louis Erickson got scratched last night early in the day, found out he wasn't going to play, Jordan Caron played, did your antenna go up at all? That signal that maybe Erickson is on the trade block uh, and might be headed somewhere before 3 o'clock? No, it didn't. It did, and the reason I say that is, uh, you know, the coaching staff, and I, and I know if you're making a deal, you certainly want to, uh, you know, praise your players because it can only enhance the deal that you're trying to make. But I thought it was a genuine conversation or, or evaluation from the coaching staff saying, uh, you know, this guy's starting to find his game. He looked good right before the Olympic break. Claude talked about how great he was uh, for Team Sweden over the Olympics when Claude was watching him, talked about being on the best line for his power play unit, obviously a quality penalty killer. They traded for this guy for a specific reason, and even though he's had some injuries, uh, head injuries this year, he looks like he's rounding into form. So I just thought it was part of, uh, you know, maybe a small injury, but more importantly, I, my mind went to, okay, you know, they're going to really manage the guys that play in the Olympics and their minutes and their games, their games played and their appearances. And it started with Rask, the first game coming back. And then I thought this was Eric's turn to sit down and get Caron in the lineup because if he's the first guy off the bench when somebody goes down, he can't play two every 20 games. He's got to get some more games here in a, in a very busy month of March. Trade deadline show today, 3.30? Is 2.30, that 2.30, 2.30 live on the air, yeah. And then I will have coverage over the gun. I think Jamie will be over there and uh, Bruins press conference scheduled for five. We'll be locked in, Brick. Appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the next uh, three hours, 40 minutes of Rumor Central when it involves the NHL. <laughs> will do, boys. Thanks, Brick. Uh, Andy Brickley of Nesson joining us. And Brick joins the show. You guys know this. He's brought to you by our friends at Norfolk Power Equipment and by Massachusetts Business Associates.